Story Nori presents The Jungle Book Mowgli's Brothers Part 3 Hello, this is Richard and I'm here with the third part of The Jungle Book Mowgli the man-cub has been accepted by the wolf pack and grown up to be ten years old He is being looked after by a family of wolves and his friends Baloo the bear and Bagheera the black panther but he is not without enemies because Shere Khan, the lame tiger, has vowed to kill him before he grows up to be strong enough to harm Shere Khan. And I'm delighted to dedicate this episode to the kids in Oregon. And we would like to thank the Oregon librarians for supporting Story Nori on Patreon. Now, you must be content to skip 10 or 11 whole years and only guess at all the wonderful life that Mowgli led among the wolves, because if it were written out, it would fill ever so many books. He grew up with the cubs, though they, of course, were grown wolves almost before he was a child. And Father Wolf taught him his business, and the meaning of things in the jungle. Till every rustle in the grass, every breath of the warm night air, every note of the owls above his head, every scratch of a bat's claws as it roosted for a while in a tree and every splash of every little fish jumping in a pool meant just as much to him as the work of his office means to a businessman. When he was not learning, he sat out in the sun and slept, and ate, and went to sleep again. When he felt dirty or hot, he swam in the forest pools, and when he wanted honey, Baloo told him that honey and nuts were just as pleasant to eat as raw meat. He climbed up for it, and that Bagheera showed him how to do. Bagheera would lie out on a branch and call, Come along, little brother! And at first Mowgli would cling like the sloth, but afterward he would fling himself through the branches almost as boldly as the grey ape. He took his place at the council rock too when the pack met, and there he discovered that if he stared hard at any wolf, the wolf would be forced to drop his eyes. And so he used to stare for fun. At other times, he would pick the long thorns out of the pads of his friends, for wolves suffer terribly from thorns and burrs in their coats. He would go down the hillside into the cultivated lands by night and look very curiously at the villagers in their huts. But he had a mistrust of men, because Bagheera showed him a square box with a drop gate so cunningly hidden in the jungle that he nearly walked into it and told him that it was a trap. He loved better than anything else to go with Bagheera into the dark, warm heart of the forest, to sleep all through the drowsy day and at night see how Bagheera did his killing. Bagheera killed right and left as he felt hungry, and so did Mowgli with one exception. As soon as he was old enough to understand things, Bagheera told him that he must never touch cattle because he had been bought into the pack at the price of a bull's life. All the jungle is thine, said Bagheera, and thou canst kill everything that thou art strong enough to kill. But for the sake of the bull that bought thee, thou must never kill or eat any cattle, young or old. That is the law of the jungle. Mowgli obeyed faithfully, 
And he grew, and grew strong as a boy must grow, who does not know that he is learning any lessons, and who has nothing in the world to think of except things to eat. Mother Wolf told him once or twice that Shere Khan was not a creature to be trusted, and that some day he must kill Shere Khan. But though a young wolf would have remembered that advice every hour, Mowgli forgot it, because he was only a boy. Though he would have called himself a wolf if he had been able to speak in any human tongue, Shere Khan was always crossing his path in the jungle. For as Arkela grew older and feebler, the lame tiger had come to be great friends with the younger wolves of the pack, who followed him for scraps, a thing Arkela would never have allowed if he had dared to push his authority to the proper bounds. Then Shere Khan would flatter them, and wonder that such fine young hunters were content to be led by a dying wolf and a man's cub. They tell me, Shere Khan would say, that at council ye dare not look him between the eyes. And the young wolves would growl and bristle. Bagheera, who had eyes and ears everywhere, knew something of this, and once or twice he told Mowgli, in so many words, that Shere Khan would kill him some day. Mowgli would laugh and answer, Ha! I have the pack, and I have thee, and Baloo, though he is so lazy, might strike a blow or two for my sake. Why should I be afraid? It was one very warm day that a new notion came to Bagheera, born of something that he had heard. Perhaps Icky, the porcupine, had told him. But he said to Mowgli, when they were deep in the jungle, as the boy lay with his head on Bagheera's beautiful black skin, Little brother, how often have I told thee that Shere Khan is thy enemy? As many times as there are nuts on that palm, said Mowgli, who naturally could not count. What of it? I'm sleepy, Bagheera, and Shere Khan is all long tail and loud talk, <laughs> like Mao the peacock. But this is no time for sleeping. Baloo knows it, I know it, the pack know it, and even the foolish, foolish deer know. Tabaki has told thee too. Ha <laughs> said Mowgli. Tabaki came to me not long ago with some rude talk that I was a naked man's cub and not fit to dig pig nuts. But I caught Tabaki by the tail and swung him twice against a palm tree to teach him better manners. That was foolishness, for though Tabaki is a mischief maker, he would have told thee of something that concerned thee closely. Open those eyes, little brother. Shere Khan dare not kill thee in the jungle. But remember, Arkela is very old, and soon the day comes when he cannot kill his buck, and then he will be leader no more. Many of the wolves that looked thee over when thou wast brought to the council first are, are old, too. And the young wolves believe, as Shere Khan has taught them, that a man-cub has no place with the pack. In a little time, thou wilt be a man. And what is a man that he should not run with his brothers? said Mowgli. 
I was born in the jungle. I have obeyed the law of the jungle. And there is no wolf of ours from whose paws I have not pulled a thorn. Surely they are my brothers. Bagheera stretched himself at full length and half shut his eyes. Little brother, said he, feel under my jaw. Mowgli put up his strong hand, and just under Bagheera's silky chin, where the giant rolling muscles were all hid by the glossy hair, he came upon a little bald spot. There is no one in the jungle that knows that I, Bagheera, carry that mark, the mark of the collar. And yet, little brother, I was born among men, and it was among men that my mother died, in the cages of the king's palace at Udipur. It was because of this that I paid the price for thee at the council when thou wast a little naked cub. Yes, I too was born among men. I had never seen the jungle. They fed me behind bars from an iron pan, till one night I felt that I was Bagheera, the panther, and no man's plaything. And I broke the silly lock with one blow of my paw and came away. And because I had learned the ways of men, I became more terrible in the jungle than Shere Khan. Is it not so? Yes, said Mowgli. All the jungle fear Bagheera. Oh, all except Mowgli. <laughs> oh, thou art a man's cub, said the Black Panther very tenderly. And even as I return to my jungle, so thou must go back to men at last, to the men who are thy brothers, if thou art not killed in the council. But why? But why should any wish to kill me? said Mowgli. Look at me, said Bagheera, and Mowgli looked at him steadily between the eyes. The big panther turned his head away in half a minute. That is why he said, shifting his paw on the leaves. Not even I can look thee between the eyes, and I was born among men, and I love thee, little brother. The others, they hate thee, because their eyes cannot meet thine, because thou art wise, because thou hast pulled out thorns from their feet, because thou art a man. I did not know these things, said Mowgli sullenly, and he frowned under his heavy black eyebrows. What is the law of the jungle? Strike first and then give tongue. By thy very carelessness they know that thou art a man. But be wise. It is in my heart that when Arcala misses his next kill, and at each hunt it costs him more to pin the buck, the pack will turn against him and against thee. They will hold a jungle council at the rock, and then... And then... I have it, said Bagheera, leaping up. Go thou down quickly to the men's huts in the valley and take some of the red flower which they grow there, so that when the time comes, thou mayest even a stronger friend than I or Baloo or those of the pack that love thee. Get the red flower. By red flower, Bagheera meant fire. Only no creature in the jungle will call fire by its proper name. Every beast lives in deadly fear of it, 
and invents a hundred ways of describing it. The red flower, said Mowgli, that grows outside their huts in the twilight. I will get some. There speaks the man's cup, said Bagheera proudly. Remember that it grows in little pots. Good, said Mowgli. I go. But art thou sure, O oh my Bagheera? He slipped his arm round the splendid neck and looked deep into the big eyes. Art thou sure that all this is Shere Khan's doing? By the broken lock that freed me, I am sure, little brother. Then, by the bull that bought me, I will pay Shere Khan full tale for this, and it may be a little over, said Mowgli, and he bounded away. That is a man. That is all a man, said Bagheera to himself, lying down again. Oh, Shere Khan, never was a blacker hunting than that frog hunt of thine ten years ago. Mowgli was far and far through the forest, running hard, and his heart was hot on him. He came to the cave as the evening mist rose and drew breath and looked down the valley. The cubs were out, but Mother Wolf, at the back of the cave, knew by his breathing that something was troubling her frog. What is it, son? she said. Some bat's chatter of Shere Khan, he called back. I hunt among the ploughed fields tonight. And he plunged downward through the bushes to the stream at the bottom of the valley. There he checked, for he heard the yell of the pack hunting heard the bellow of a hunted sambur, and the snort as the buck turned at bay. Then there were wicked, bitter howls from the young wolves. Arkela! Arkela! Let the lone wolf show his strength! Room for the leader of the pack! Spring, Arkela! The lone wolf must have sprung and missed his hold, for Mowgli heard the snap of his teeth, and then a yelp, as the sambur knocked him over with his forefoot. He did not wait for anything more, but dashed on, and the yells grew fainter behind him as he ran into the croplands where the villagers lived. Bagheera spoke truth, he panted as he nestled down in some cattle fodder by the window of a hut. Tomorrow is one day both for Arkela and for me. And that was the third part of The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. It brings us to the end of the first chapter, Mowgli's Brothers. The next chapter is called Car's Hunting and is named after the great python called Car. And I'm delighted to dedicate this episode to the kids in Oregon. And thank you to the Oregon librarians for supporting Story Nori on Patreon. And we're going to be adding some special content to Patreon for our supporters. The idea is to give you some bonus content that is just a little more grown up than what we put out on Story Nori. And I'm going to be reading some of my favourite poetry. I'll be back soon, here on Story Nori, with some more episodes from The Jungle Book. For now, from me, Richard Scott, goodbye.